Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. And we're back. We do have a couple lines available. Number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. David and Scottsdale, good morning. Hey, good morning. Um, I really appreciate you doing this show today. I, I, I need you desperately. Um, I live in North Scottsdale and uh, have only lived here for about a year and a half. We bought a house on a little over an acre, and there are a fair number of Palo Verde and mesquite trees. I had never heard the term mistletoe until I moved here, except at Christmas. <laughs> my trees, my trees appear to have uh, a lot of it. I had someone come in and cut a bunch of it out, but as I understand, it's systemic, and therefore, is there any way to treat it without? Just well, the, the the real reality is, David, is in your neighborhoods, in some of the neighborhoods, especially yeah. in North Scottsdale, it's so prolific yeah. and it, and it's you know replanted by birds moving it around. So, you know, it just if you just have to learn to like it, I think really you can prune it out, you know. <laughs> but I mean, it doesn't. And those neighborhoods where it's so common, and with all the birds yeah. there, I don't think there's any hope, you know, in having it maybe eliminated. Okay, so I'm really, I'm really just uh, beating Father Tom. Oh well, yeah, you're, you're messing, you're messing with Mother Nature, and I'll tell you what, she's she usually wins. But uh, you know, your uh, only option it. would be to grow different trees. I mean, you don't really see it in ironwood trees, so you can plant some ironwoods. Oh. And uh, you know, it's most common in Palo Verdes. It's a different variety that's in the mesquites, but there's not many mesquites yep. in the area, so there's probably not much of that type of mistletoe in the, in the neighborhood. Um, but the one oh, that's, that's great to know, the one that's common in the Palo Verdes. Though it's prolific up there. Okay, and so so the smart move would be to replace those with ironwoods or any other or or, you like. or or mesquites. I mean, if you want desert trees that are going to you know be very compatible okay. up there and low water yeah. users and beautiful trees and uh, and they'll do quite well. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of other you know if you wanted to be more you know go back more Mediterranean, you could put fruitless olives in. You know, and the fruitless olives aren't going right. to have a mistletoe, and they make a beautiful tree too, and very similar water requirements. Right, so they're native. I'm not. I'm not going too far off the off of the uh, natural native stuff that I, I want to keep it there. Oh, that's well, great. yeah, but you know, right. there's plenty of native varieties that aren't Palo Verdes that will probably do fine. Oh, that's great. I, that's a good relief. Thank you so much. I appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, David. Bye, bye. Uh, Carol in Sun Lakes. Good morning, Carol. Hi, Brian. Uh, my husband planted a Mediterranean palm. About three years ago, it's about four feet tall, and we noticed that um, it was turning brown, and he treated it uh, for a fungus that seems like it um, killed the middle, and that all turned brown, and I think the palm's going to make it now, but what about that middle part where it's brown? Is there any way to bring that back, or is it always well? No, you, you know, you basically pull the center of it out. Okay, if it's if it's like that, if it's already rotted, and what you could do is put in some uh, copper sulfate. Okay, uh-huh. and you could use copper sulfate and 
and monorail disease control. The combination of the two would be better. But either one, copper sulfate or monorail disease control, either one should help with the fungus. And what sometimes happens, Carol, is that that tree will come out and generate, maybe even split and have two heads from that point. So while it's, you know, catastrophic for the plant, if you can get the fungus arrested, you know, get rid of it, um, then it may come back out and it may even split and make two heads from that point. Oh, okay. But I, I, I definitely would treat it, though, with, you know, copper sulfate or monorazies. The copper sulfate is probably the best. Uh-huh. And then how do you get the dead part out? Just dig it with a shovel? Or? Well, no, just pull it. It'll come out. Oh, just pull if it If it's out. rotted enough, I mean, just it's the center core portion of it. Okay, so, you, yeah. so you're saying you've got one whole dead trunk in the middle and you've got the other shoots coming up on the sides. Yes. Okay. So if that one's if that one's dead, then it it could be all the way dead. Uh, you would just saw that one off, you know. But I, I would wait a while first. I would treat it down the down the crown. Wait a while, see if it comes back out or not. And if it doesn't, then you just saw it off. Okay. Okay. Very good. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, okay. Carol. Bye bye. Bye bye. Uh, Jerry and Tollison. Hi, Jerry. Yeah. <clears throat> so on my uh, <clears throat> red push pistachios, I got. Six of them planted in six-foot wells on this uh, paved patio. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them, whenever it rains real hard, it uh, the well fills up and floods. I mean, it stays. Uh, and I have pumped it out in times past. These trees are six years old. Okay. Um, I'm afraid that <clears throat> if I don't do that, it uh, might... Uh, invite a fungus because some trees in the neighborhood well jerry i i, I think you're absolutely right and uh you know one th- the one thing that pistachios don't like is to stay wet so i think That's pumping right. it out would you know especially if we get a lot of rain with this storm I think that would be a, a fantastic idea and probably one that's necessary because if they set wet, you know, for a couple of weeks, uh, they can get f- more funguses and have a lot more problems. So, you know, getting rid of Should the water is a great thing. Then? Pardon? Should I pre-treat? You know, it's, it's not a bad idea. I mean, the thing about like using a chemical like Monterey disease control is actually a bacteria that eats fungus. So... If it has no food, it won't live. I mean, the bacteria has got to have the fungus to feed on, but it's very efficient at eating the fungus. So if you suspect you have any, pre-treating, especially pistachios, is a good idea. And uh, how about... Uh, fertilizing, they need it? Well, they're not going to grow. They're, they're fairly dormant in the summertime, except for, you know, if this weather breaks and we start to have this consistent, Ooh. you know, 80, 90 uh, degree weather, they'll, they'll start to grow again. They grow a lot in the fall. This one that gets flooded is the biggest one of the six. Well, <laughs> it, yeah. pro- it probably enjoys the water, Jerry. Hey, thanks for the call. Have a nice weekend. Richard and Phoenix. Good morning, Richard. Yeah, good morning, Brian. Uh, I got a couple of questions. I spoke to you about these roses. I've got 18 of them. Um, and I'm looking at this food to feed them, and I've been using Arizona Best. Uh-huh. It says it's, uh, it doesn't have any numbers that I can see other than 12% sulfur. But when I go on the Internet and I look up uh, uh, some of this stuff, it talks about giving them Epsom salt, uh-huh. too. Right. Do you know anything about that? Yeah, actually, you know, that's, uh, you know, for roses in the fall, feeding them a little Epsom salt's a good idea. And, uh, is mag- you know, magnesium, you can just buy it at the gro- you know, grocery store if you want to, or you can buy it, at, you know, at the lawn centers. But, um, 
You know, the Epsom salt's a good plus for roses. It's usually put on mostly in September, but it's, it kind of helps build their strength. And uh, our soil has some Epsom salt, but a little extra doesn't hurt. And it's one of those things that it's pretty hard to burn with. But what they usually recommend is just like a couple tablespoons. So you're not putting a ton of it on Okay, what fertilizer do you recommend for those? Well, you know, any balanced rose fertilizer is going to be pretty good. And if you look at the ones that are manufactured here in the desert, you're going to find that they have more sulfur and iron in them. So Arizona's best it would be fine. Okay, all right. Well, then I'm, I'm going to get away from the systemic stuff that we, I think we talked about it yesterday. Well, yeah, and, and there's uh, not really a reason to use it this time of year because we don't really have any kind of problems on there. And, you know, we don't want to put chemicals in our environment that we don't have to. I mean, I'm not against using chemicals for different things, but, you know, if there's no reason, there's no reason. And, uh, okay, and these roses have been in there probably 18 years or so, mm-hmm. and, and and I've also got a whole bunch of Bird of Paradise. Well, I cut those back basically down to the bottom every year, and they come back beautiful. Should I do the same thing with roses? No, because they're grafted. If you cut them back to the bottom, you're just going to have a bunch of rootstocks, and you're going to destroy your 18-year-old roses. What I would do to prune roses this time of year is wait about two, three weeks, and then prune them back by about a third. Okay, open them up and prune them back by about a third. Enjoy the fall season. We have beautiful color here, you know, with our roses starting in like October through Christmas. And then somewhere around New Year's or a little after, um, cut them down to where they're, you can reduce their size by like 80%. So you can take them all the way down if they're hybrid cheese and you want big blooms to just the canes. Separate the canes out. Like if you turn your hand over and spread your fingers out, that's kind of the form you want to have it. And you probably want to cut them back to leave about 10 inches of cane on the bottom. All right, so in September, maybe take about a third off. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, that's great. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Thanks, Richard. Day. Now you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, let's see. We're going to take a short break while we're gone. We do have, we're going to come back with Dan and Glendale, but if you'd like to be after Dan, all you got to do is give Sheer a call. Number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. surfing in a hurricane. We've got to get over to San Diego and uh, beat it there. You know. Anyway, I've uh, got three lines still open. Number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Dan and Glendale. Good morning, Dan. Howdy. Yes, sir. Okay, I got a tree. The leaves are kind of uh, like pencils, mm-hmm. only all crinkly. Okay. 
They're all falling down constantly, making a big mess. What kind of tree is this? Oh, how how long are they? About eight or nine inches? Oh, sure. Yeah, it sounds like it's a, some kind of an acacia, maybe a shoestring acacia. How often does that thing need watering? Um, about once. Well, if it's real healthy, once a month. Uh, they're a very drought-tolerant tree and uh, do very well here. Now, it's going to kind of depend on how much water it got back whenever we had the you know the real heat back in July. You know, when it was that hot, it needed to be watered probably at least once a week. But that's just different. So right now, if you get it well-soaked, you can water it, well, say, once every two weeks You know, for the next month, and then go to once a month. So just in their nature to drop so many leaves? It is, and it's also following all the heat stress that we had because we had those really high temperatures. You know, it's not the cleanest tree in the world, but uh, they're very efficient water <laughs> use. Uh, you know, you say that again. They're, they're a good tree, you know, but they're just they're messy. You know, we've, we've got a huge one at our nursery, yeah, Glendale Avenue, that uh, we didn't plant it there. It just grew roots through the bottom of the box, and it's probably 50 feet tall now. Yeah. All right, thanks a bunch. Thanks, Dan. Bye-bye. Yeah, that tree just decided one day it wanted to be there, and that big acacia is still there. Emily in Sun City. Good morning, Emily. Hey, good morning. Forgive me, I'm coming in a little bit late. Love your show. I learn a lot. I'm a new homeowner in Sun City, and I have um, two fruit trees. One is a lemon tree that was very productive back in January, and now, no matter what I do, I'm not sure if it's going to make it. The property's 55 years old. I suspect the tree is over 15, 20 years old. Is it going to die out completely, or is this just a result of the extreme heat? Probably just the extreme heat. You know, Emily, in Sun City, you have uh, very heavy clay soil on top of caliche. So you've got about 18 inches to two foot at the most of soil. And below that's a layer that's pretty impermeable. The water really doesn't go through. So if you just deep water it like once a week, um, it should pop back out. You could prune it back and cut it back some and reduce its size. That's not going to hurt it. I just, if you're going to do that, don't expose a lot of wood to the sun. If you expose a lot of wood to the sun, you're going to need to wrap it. But you could even do moderate pruning on it right now. And uh, even in our orchards, where we're trying to do our very best to water and take care of our citrus trees, you know, we have some burn too. Okay, thank you. It dropped all of the beautiful. I probably had several hundred small lemons, was very excited to have another bountiful crop, but they've all fallen. You know, they're about the size of walnut, mm-hmm. and I'm just shattered. So if I trim it and water it once a week, yep. what about fertilizer? Uh, fertilizing now would be a great time to feed it. Okay, so just uh, we have one called Organo Pro Citrus Fertilizer that's quite good, but any balanced citrus fertilizer should be fine. And uh, now would be a good time to feed it. And uh, go ahead and Thank feed it. Feed it before the hurricane gets here. You know, and that water will take it down. And and the other thing that's fantastic about these storms is we have storms that come in like this, and we get any lightning, and then we get natural nitrogen from the light the lightning as well. So um, I think I think it'll just be fine. Excellent. I'll fertilize it tonight. Appreciate you. Have a great day. <laughs> Thanks, Emily. Bye-bye. Uh, Susan and Glendale. Good morning, Susan. Good morning. How are you? Oh, enjoying the morning. It's so pretty. It is beautiful. Hey, I bought a couple of miniature roses at the grocery store. Uh-huh. Can I plant those outside? Well, I wouldn't right now. I'd probably wait a few weeks. And um, the mini roses aren't usually grafted. They're grown from cuttings. So they'll do best probably on an eastern or southern exposure. 
Okay. Other, other, I have one more question. Mm-hmm. I have a neighbor that has a, I think it's called a San Marcos hibiscus. Uh-huh. They're yellow, very mm-hmm. pretty. Um, how can I propagate those? Uh, from cuttings. So you take st- stem cuttings about the size of a pencil and, and probably take a cutting that's about four inches long, dip it into a rooting hormone, put it into a nice uh, light, you know, propagation type mix, and uh, they should have fairly good success with it. They're not real difficult to propagate. Thank you very much. Have a great day. You're welcome, Susan. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And next up, we have uh, Jorge and Gilbert. After Jorge, it's wide open. The number to call, 602-277-5827. Good morning, Jorge. Good morning, Brian. Um, I have a question for you. Uh, I have a problem with my pomegranates. Okay. Um, been, been planted for about four or five years, and we have never been able to eat one because... They get rotten before they uh, mature. Uh, and I opened one up yesterday, uh, and the seeds are already getting black inside, but the, the fruit looks really nice and firm. And Is there anything I can do to prevent that? Well, Jorge, here's the problem. It's like we have the really hot temperature like we did in July. Uh, the fruit mm-hmm. stops growing. Okay, and then when we get this really nice weather like we're having today, the fruit starts to grow and expand again. But if it gets set hard enough, like in July, then what it does is it splits and the fruit cracks right at the bottom end. And as soon as you penetrate the rind, then bacteria and bugs and all kinds of things can get in there and, and cause problems for you. So. The, the real main goal and the main objective is to make sure that the water and fertilizer is very constant when it's really hot. And uh, okay. if you're having splits on them now, there's not much to do for them because the fruit is already set and stopped growing, you know, back whenever it was uh, really you know, stressed with more heat. Okay. Well, uh, thank you for your information. Thank you for your help. Well, you know, as we say in farming, Jorge, there's always next year, right? That's right. Thank you very much. As long as we make it and the creek doesn't rise too high, we'll be here for next year. I I hope we do, yes. (laughs) Me as well, Jorge. Hey, thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Well, now we have wide open phones. If you've never called a radio show before, this would be the perfect time to call because we have the lovely Shira back here smiling, and she's the one who's going to greet you when you call. And all you have to do is give her a call at 602-277-5827, 277-KTR, and we can talk about what to grow, how to grow it, where to grow it, why to grow it, and uh, different ways to use and maximize our you know, efficiency with our watering makes a big difference here in the valley. You know, water is the, the biggest asset we have, and hopefully this storm, and I'm looking at the map right now down in Mexico where it's hit making landfall in Mexico, and who knows, it could turn right and come to Phoenix. I mean, the, the one forecast they've got is go ahead and straight to San Diego, but, you know, these storms do turn sometimes, so maybe we need to be ready for a little more rain, and I hope we get a little more. But, um, you know, the, the water here, how we apply it makes a huge difference, and really, we're talking about watering now with plants that have been stressed and hurt and you know they're not, not going to use as much water it's a little too late to save some of these plants by putting more water on now that we should have put on a month ago however they're going to still need a consistent watering so watering deep and uh, letting the water get down to a depth for trees of two to three or four feet depending on the variety you know for lawns you want to water our lawn down to a depth of about a foot but when we get these good deep irrigations we can space them out further our plants will be much healthier uh, let's see next up we have Heather in Phoenix. Hello, Heather. Hi. Good morning. I have. Good morning. How are you? Oh, enjoying the day. Me too. So here's the question. 
I have a flood irrigation lot, and I have mature landscaping on it, and I have some yellow bells that were a whole hedge of them that were really, really stressed out this winter and needed a lot more um, heat than they normally got. And I almost cut them all the way back down to, they have pretty big, they're almost like trees. They've gotten up to probably 15 feet tall. And they always come back after a frost or anything. But between that and then the extreme heat this year, my question is, do I have to just take them all the way out and start over? Or can I just kind of clean out the bigger branches and put them into, you know, and make them fluffy and dense again? No, I mean, you can selectively prune through them, and now would be a great time to do it. Uh, especially with the light of the really, it's, it's not too soon. It's not too soon. Okay, good. Because that way you have okay. plenty of growing time, you know, left. You know, in fact, like for bougainvilleas, this is the best time of year to prune your bougainvilleas way back, so that we have the beautiful color in the in the winter time. You know, we grow the prettiest bougainvilleas. Okay. Not that I'm a little prejudiced, but I did grow up here. But you know, some of the prettiest bougainvilleas in the world are grown here, and most the same way with your yellow bells. Uh, but you know, I have them too. Yeah, but prune everything right now. Okay. Prune away. It's it's so a nice it's okay day. To, to, it's a nice day to go out and prune today. You know, it's not too hot. Okay. You know? <laughs> it's it's a perfect. Okay. Prune. I have one more question. If you've, I've got another plant that I have a question about. If you have time. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. I also have giant bird of paradise, uh-huh. and it has grown. They have grown. There's a row of I think six of them, and they have grown. They're on the north side of the house, and they have grown. Uh, probably four feet above the roof, mm-hmm. which means they get sunburnt pretty bad. And they have lots of pups around the bottom of them. What's the best way to handle that? They get all fried and almost looking like bananas. You well, know, they get, yeah, they're, you know, they're not as, even as hardy as bananas. But you can, you can prune out those main trunks and let those suckers grow off the sides if you want to. So if you want to take some Will of the I have ones, kind of a trunk at the bottom? Well, just, just saw the whole thing off all the way to the, to the ground. Yeah. Okay. Well, they have t- they have flowers just the first couple of times this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't no. you don't have to. There's no rules, and that that's part that's burned up on the top. They'll generate nice, pretty leaves. You know, this fall, well, they'll be pretty. Uh, again, so it's up to you, Heather. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Can't, can't blame that one on me if Thanks you cut so them down. Bye bye. <laughs> Okay. Take care. All right. Uh, Lewis in Fountain Hills. Good morning, Lewis. Good morning, sir. So we have a lot of cactus paddles or uh, all throughout the yard. They're very old, probably as old as the property, uh, I, I think 20-plus years. They really have expanded through the yard, and they're full of prickly um, prickly thorns, of course, but uh, prickly pears is what I'm trying to say. Could I trim those? And uh, really cut them, cut them down to size to uh, deter the rodents and and just uh, manage it better because they're stretching across so much that I'm afraid I'm going to walk into them one day just walking through the sidewalk <laughs> well, or something. A- absolutely, Lewis. I mean, you can, you can butcher them. You know, any time of year is fine. And uh, okay, uh, related to the same plant, are those prickly pears uh, edible? Absolutely, I, yeah, I, all, all of them are. All the Apunta species are all edible. You know, they they have and, different and flavors. They taste different, but they're they're all edible. 
And the last question is, uh, uh, best way to control rodents around these plants? Because I, I know with the prickly pears in season, and apparently it's been a great season from the last rainfall, mm-hmm. uh, it, could, could I just, uh, uh, best way to manage rodent control? In those well, plants? the more open they are, the better the predators can get to them, okay? So if you're going to go through and thin these and open them up and there's not you know, the protection offered by the plant, you know, to the to the rodents, um, there's a lot of things up there, bobcats, foxes, you know, coyotes that love to eat those uh, little rodents. Okay. So if you open them up, you, you probably have a lot of owls out there at night too. But, um, you know, yeah, the reason yeah. why the, the, you know, the, the little rodents are in there is for, for protection. But as soon as you open them up, and you're going to expose them and they'll be eaten. Oh, sounds good. We'll do some of that, too. <laughs> All right, Lewis. Have a nice weekend. All right. Thank you very Bye-bye. much. And it looks like Mr. Troy Barrett slipped into the studio here. We're going to find out what's happened in the world. We'll be right back after the world tour of the news from Mr. Troy. Uh, we do have one line open while we're gone. You can give Shira a call at 602-277-5827. Mr. Tom in Phoenix. Hello, Thomas. Hi, how you doing? Good, Tom. How are you? I'm great. Hey, we, I got a big mesquite tree in my front yard. With the water being the way it is, we haven't really been watering the grass. So I was wondering how much you think or how many often I need to water the tree. Well, mesquite trees are pretty cool. You know, they don't need a lot of water to be happy and healthy. Um, but... When it's really hot, you can turn it on like it's an air conditioner in your yard, too. So if you want mm-hmm. it, you want the cooling effect of the tree, you can water it heavy once a week. And uh, uh-huh. you could, and you could probably do that either by putting like one of those little round circle sprinklers out there around the tree, just out in front, uh-huh. just letting it run underneath the tree till the point where it's going to run off. And that that's going to have it, you know, where it's cooling and working more to cool our environment here in the valley, too. Now, when it gets to be the wintertime, you can water it once a month and it'll be fine. All right. No, so it doesn't have to have a lot of water, but it'll really help cool your yard down if you do water it, and it'll transpire all that moisture back underneath it. And you can actually go out and sit under the canopy, and it'll be 25 degrees cooler than sitting out in the sun if you have it well watered. All right. Thank you for your time. Thanks, Tom. Bye-bye. Paul and Scottsdale. Good morning, Paul. Hey, Brian. Um, okay, a couple of things I want to go over with you. One, I have uh, Cape Honeysuckles, and... Uh, 
about the third week in July, they were really, really stressed. Um, the ones, I've grown them into um, a hedge to cover walls. And the ones that are up against the uh, the west-facing wall were blowtorched the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you've always told me don't trim them this time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, should I cut them back or trim them, or what do you think? I would wait. Um, just the okay. opposite of the bougainvilleas and things. Cape honeysuckle, the wood can burn really easy, especially on that west side of the wall. And the more yeah. exposure that wall has, the hotter that area is going to be. So I, yeah. I would hold off probably at least another three weeks. And the other one is the kumquat tree. Okay. The kumquat tree had a, a sort of similar situation where um, it gets uh, sun up until about just after midday, then it's shaded by the house. Mm-hmm. And um, it's worked really well. I think when you sold me a few years ago, you said it was probably an eight-year-old tree. One side, the, the side that faces east, uh, it was got, got a bit of blowtorch on it. Mm-hmm. So um, here's a tip for all the other gardeners. Uh, I put a patio umbrella next to it, and I put the patio umbrella up every evening. So uh, during the up until about noon, it gets it gets shade. Um, should I trim any of this off yet, or should I wait on that? As no, well? you, you can prune the citrus if you like. Okay, just just be you know uh, careful not to expose you know major wood to the sun. So yep. you, you want to let yep. it start budding out before you would do that. But no, no you can prune it now. And everything else is, is done well. The other uh, Cape honeysuckles that uh, weren't involved in the in the wall situation, they've got hummingbirds all over right now with the flowers are out. So that's been really good. But the other thing I want, I want to bring up to, to you and everyone else, is since you, you've been so wonderful with people and telling them how to survive this, this past summer, how are you guys surviving in all your nurseries? Do you need volunteers <laughs> to come in and, and help you guys well, uh, trim things? We don't really need volunteers, but we do have a lot of work to do. And, it, uh, and we certainly had, you know, our damage occur in our, our nurseries as well. So it's, it's not that fun, but we're looking forward to this hurricane coming through here. And even if we don't get the hurricane, just this break with the clouds is great. You know, and uh, I never, I never thought I would say I look forward to Hillary coming, but here it is. Well, I, I, I've been I've been wishing for hurricane ever since we had that hot weather in uh, July. So I and I got and I got to say I've mentioned it to a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All right, keep up the good work. See ya. Thanks, Paul. Bye bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we have uh, Carl and Payson. Hi, Carl. Good morning, Brian. I want to ask your phone's kind of breaking Brian? up a little, Carl. Oh, yeah. Can you, can you, I'll move around. Can you hear me now? You get a little better. <laughs> so what's okay, up, Carl? I wanted, to, I wanted to get your opinion on well, the previous year. It was very high. And, you know, until the rain started, and then when it rained. And we happened to be gone for, uh, geez, probably a couple of months. And I wanted, here's what I want to ask you. My neighbors, they hire somebody every to spray their yard. And the guy just with. I asked him what it was. And I can't remember what a professional company. Great. And now I'm noticing, you know, they have a black walnut tree in the back that was beautiful and living tree and some kind of a black gum tree. And they both have on the phone a little bit too. And I'm wondering, that stuff be soaking down in there and killing these trees? Absolutely, Carl. 
Absolutely, depending on what oh. chemical it is. I mean, there, there's a lot of chemicals out there that can do a lot of damage to a lot of plants uh, in an unintended fashion, especially if they're not used correctly. And um, there's there's many chemicals that I don't wish they wouldn't even manufacture because I don't think they're really useful. I think they do more damage than good. But, no, it certainly can be a lot of damage from, from any one of these chemicals that can leach. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that were the problem, Carl. Carl, we got, you got kind of bad connections. Yeah. So I'm going I'm to let you go. Um, see, next up we've got to get the right order here. Ann in Phoenix. Good morning, Ann. Oh, good morning, Brian. Thanks for taking my call. I just love your show. Uh, I have a question about grafting. Uh, years ago, you helped us in Scottsdale to graft a sour orange into a lemon tree, which we loved and enjoyed many years. Now we've moved into Phoenix. We have a dwarf lemon tree, and I'm wondering if we can graft some uh, oranges and just do both lemons and oranges on that tree. Well, and with, with lemon rootstock, what you'd be better off grafting if you want an orange type fruit would be grafting a mineral atangelo. And the tangelos um, basically will work on a, a lemon-type rootstock and still produce really high-quality fruit. Uh, oranges don't mm-hmm. do as well on lemon rootstock. So if you wanted to you okay. know, graft onto a lemon, I would use a tangelo. Okay. Well, I can do that. And uh, if I call the store, do you have a recommendation there of somebody that could help us do that? Well, you can come in and we can show you how to do it, but uh, we really don't offer the service of grafting. Uh, in fact, I haven't okay. had any outside grafters for a long time. Okay. All right. Well, I'll, I'll come and see you guys then. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ann. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next up we have, uh, looks like, Bryce and Gilbert. Hi, Bryce. Hey, how you doing this morning? Enjoying this weather. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a couple questions for you. I've done a major uh, landscape in the backyard, you know, tearing out everything and putting in artificial grass, knee walls, and I've, I've planted a couple the Tilda ficus trees um, about a year and a half apart from each other because uh, I wanted to get the, the maximum amount of shade with the least amount of leaf drop you know, to pick up. Um, one of the trees that's on the, I would say, uh, on the uh, east part of the, the backyard, it's dead on a corner of the tree. And I think that was due to, uh, we didn't know it at the time, but we had a little irrigation problem. It wasn't getting enough water. Uh, we've remedied that. It's starting to look better, but we still have a corner of that tree with dead branches coming off of it. It's kind of a basic question. Do I go ahead and cut those uh, dead parts off uh, so it'll repopulate or? No, you can, but you know, Bryce, I would wait. uh, If they're they're offering some shade to the tree still, I'd probably hold off and do it like next month. I wouldn't do it today. Um, Yeah, I mean, they're relatively new, so they're they're not really at that shade, uh you know, part uh, of their age yet. They're still growing. Yeah, you you can certainly, you know, prune off the dead wood. It's not going to harm anything. Okay. Um, And then the uh, second thing is, uh, as far as watering and fertilization for those things, uh, I still get uh, leaf drops, you know, on those trees, uh, even though they're supposed to be evergreen and they didn't do that. Uh, there's still a certain amount of it. Is that just normal? That's normal, and especially when we have the extra you know, heat that we had. So there's there's yeah, more little, damage, little, and it just changed a lot of different things. We've never had you know heat that long, that hot, and especially with mm-hmm. the nighttime temperatures being high. So having some you know 
more leaf drop is very common with the ficus around town. I, in fact, I don't think you'll mm-hmm. see any of them that haven't dropped a lot more leaves than was normal for them. Oh, okay. So that's but then, and, and they're evergreen, but they, they, you know, Bryce, they shed all the time anyway. You know, the ficus is yeah, okay. constantly it's, changing leaves. You recommend any fertilization for those trees? Well, it's, it's like interval? moderate right now. I mean, a little, you can give them a little citrus fertilizer or something right now. If the weather stays like mm-hmm. this, if we get this pattern going, we keep it, these nice little hurricane kind of storms come through here, um, you can right. definitely feed it. You know, that'll, they'll pop back out. But the one thing oh, okay. you want to be careful, then, careful to watch for is that what they can get if they get too burnt, they can get sooty canker. And so if you if yeah. it's if it's you know got fifty percent of its leaves still, it'll be fine. Okay, yeah. Um, like I said, it's just a quarter of the tree uh, facing you know uh, the west side of well, the yard. Well, check, check that quarter of the damage. tree and make sure that you're not seeing any black or powdery kind of material underneath the bark. If you do, that yeah. sooty canker, and you'd want to treat the tree with yeah. Monterey disease control, which is a liquid that you can spray on the foliage and put in the ground, and it's a bacteria that eats fungus because the sooty canker is caused by a fungus. Yeah, I mean, when we found out we had the irrigation problem, we went ahead and, you know, I, I did some deep watering on this mm-hmm. thing because, you know, I want to get as much in there as I, I could. Well, uh, just, so just, we just, just uh, be mindful of the city canker. Watch and see if you see any of that, Bryce. And if you don't, you'll probably be fine. A little fertilizer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this weather is fantastic for the trees. So they should start to come back out. Okay. Appreciate the call. We're going to have to take a short break. While we're gone, we do have three lines available. Last chance to get in today. Number to call, 602-277-5827. Give uh, Shira a call here at the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We'll be right back after the after the, this break at the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. into the state of Arizona. We could use it. Um, I want to take a minute and invite you out to Whitfields. You know, Whitfields, we grow trees. We started with my grandparents back in the 40s at our original location on Glendale Avenue and continue today growing trees all over the state. Um, we grow all kinds of trees. We specialize in citrus, but we grow lots of desert trees. We're Arizona's largest grower of, or, of ornamental palm trees. Whether you want Mexican fans, date palms, California fans, Bismarckias. We have beautiful mule palms, all different kinds of palms. And... Um, Lots of different shade trees as well. We have a special mesquite that we grow called an American mesquite, which is a hybrid. It's a cross between an Arizona and Texas and the native and uh, also got some Argentinian genes and some from Chile. Makes it a real strong tree that stands up to winds very well, especially beneficial when we have our monsoon season. Anyway, come out and see us. We deliver plant and guarantee. We're licensed, bonded, and insured. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale. We're at East, in East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley in Guadalupe. Or at 26470 Southern Avenue, straight south of Sky Harbor Airport. Woodfield Nursery for four generations, growing trees here in Arizona for Arizona's future. Dan and Glendale, good morning, Dan. Howdy. Hi. 
What's the proper care of honeysuckle? Cape honeysuckle? I guess. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, you know, this time of year, they're not real happy. You know, they, they don't really love the, the heat unless they're partially shaded. Um, but for right now, well, I'd kind of yeah. let them go, and I wouldn't do a major pruning on them until uh, uh-huh. somewhere in the middle of September. Then you can prune them way back and feed them, and they'll come back and bloom really well. You know, normally they bloom the best when it's right around 100 degrees, you know, in October. All right, October, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay, Brian, thanks again. Thanks, Dan. Bye-bye. Uh, Bryce and Gilbert, good morning, Bryce. Yeah, I'm sorry. I got a, a drop, the line dropped earlier, but I still just had uh, two questions to ask sure. about the Matilda ficuses. Um, the, the first one, um, about the watering mm-hmm. and the fertilizer to be used on those things um, now and when when should I do it? When Well, in Gilbert, you know, you know Bryce, most, most places in Gilbert, we have pretty heavy clay soil. So really a good deep mm-hmm. irrigation once a week is, is plenty. So you want to water them deep okay. one time a week. And then you could fertilize them with like citrus food. And you could do that right now. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. You did mention that. Yeah. And so the citrus food would probably be the best that. one to use. Okay. The second thing is uh, unrelated to this, not a growing question, but I had a, a massive amount of uh, uh, artificial grass put in. Mm-hmm. And uh, it looks beautiful. Uh, it costs a lot of money, of course. But... Um, uh, I can deal with certain, you know, with the seams showing while, you know, at certain times of the year or whatever, uh, for some reason. But they they secured this down with these gutter spikes. It, it looks like to me real long gutter spikes with a big round flat head on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, half the size of a of a dime maybe, um, and they're they're pretty visible. Is there? Do I paint those things? Because you know, as you're looking at them, you can. You can spot them. I mean, they're, you know, they really stand out. Do I replace them? Should I try to paint them by hand? With well, little, I mean, they, you know, should, they should be installed, uh, Bryce, you know, down below, you know, right on top of the fabric. And they should be buried inside of the, the, the turf itself. So if you. If yeah, you, I mean, well, they, like I said, they put the sand bed down and then secured all, all of them down with these gutter spikes. Yep. And sometimes they're, you know, a couple inches apart and they're. Well, if you if you see them, you um, need to hide them. So, however you want to do it, Bryce, and uh, maybe a little bit of uh, paint might work well for you. Hey, I appreciate the call. Good to get some more people on before we're out of time. Stephen and Chandler, good morning. Well, good morning. How are you today? Great, Stephen. Good. Hey, I've got uh, five queen palms that are doing horribly. We've got them on a water schedule right now of. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and each queen palm has four two-gallon uh, emitter heads on it, and they're all working good. But they they're dark brown, and then I started watering them a lot about a month ago, and now they're coming up yellow fronds. Okay, well here's the couple. I'm watering what, what, these things. You're watering them too often, Stephen. Number one, you know, once a week. How long have they okay. been planted? Oh, these are five, six years old. Okay, so once a week's plenty often, okay? Uh, you might want to combine some more of that time, though. Give them a pretty good deep irrigation. But they have some problems this time of year. They can get a fungus really easy. So you might treat them with a little uh-huh. bit of copper sulfate, okay? And also okay. some okay. Uh, Monterey disease control. Those things would be good. And then it would be a great time to fertilize them. And you could pick up a manganese spike, 
to give them extra manganese and then use like a balanced okay. fertilizer. And that would be the best thing to feed them with. But, you know, because the fungus can show up, especially after they were stressed so bad from the heat back in July, now is a great time to treat them for that. Okay. Okay. Now back to the watering thing. You said once a week is plenty. Yeah. Once a week. Okay. But make sure the water's for getting down. Well, it's about how much, how much water you put on them. So you want to get the water down to a depth of two to three feet and about six feet wide. Okay. okay. So with your soil, it depends okay. on how it takes water, but probably going to be somewhere around, you know, 75 to a hundred gallons once a week. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Thank, Thank you, you sir. very much. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, Brian and Chandler. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, uh, Brian. This is uh, good morning to you. And I have a Brazilian pepper that has uh, just getting getting hit hard by the heat, mm-hmm. and uh, it does have a few green leaves on it on one side. But I'm just trying to figure out uh, what I can do to save it, or or uh, I, I would treat it with some Monterey disease control, okay, because they're pretty okay. prone to getting fungus, and I would fertilize it lightly with a balanced fertilizer. Okay. All right. And if you have any, right. there's a product called Super Thrive, which is, uh, you know, okay. vitamins and hormones. And it's really good, too. And I would be, I would use some of that on it as well. Okay. Well, thank you, Brian. I appreciate your help. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Enjoy your show. Thanks. Uh, Lisa in Fountain Hills. Hello, Lisa. Hello. Hello. My question is regarding orange trees that were planted this spring. Mm-hmm. They're doing pretty they're doing pretty well. They have some leaves dropping, but I'm not that concerned because of the heat. That's why they're dropping. You know what, but- Lisa, I'm going to put you on hold because I got to say goodbye and I'll be right back with you. OK. Noel and Gilbert, I'll take you as well. Appreciate all the calls today, folks. Uh, let's go out and work together, love each other, and have a little fun. And uh, who knows, we might be getting some rain. I hope it doesn't uh, rain too hard on anybody to cause you know problems with property and life. But it uh, looks like it's going to be kind of a blessing for us here in Arizona. We're going to get some rain and maybe not any of the high winds. In fact, uh, the fact that the storms drop down to now a tropical storm instead of a hurricane is wonderful for everyone. We'll be with you next Sunday with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show.